Welcome to the Leadership in Context podcast with Keith Tusi. How good are you at celebrating other people's victories? Hi, this is Keith Tusi, and welcome to Leadership in Context. I want to ask you a question today. How good are you at celebrating other people's victories? I believe it is one of the core character demands of a leader that God is really going to trust. I think it's a decision we make more than one time, but I think it's a decision we make ahead of time so we do not get blindsided with envy or maybe competition being even worse than envy. Uh, And let's look at just a couple things. There's some uh, things in the scripture that should get our attention in the way they were handled. In John, the fourth chapter, it says, Therefore, when the Lord knew that the Pharisees had heard that Jesus was making and baptizing more disciples than John, although Jesus himself was not baptizing, but his disciples were. So Jesus understood that that the Pharisees were keeping score. They understood that both in Jesus' ministry and in John's ministry, Uh, one of the marks of followers was they were being baptized. That's significant. I mean, that's a whole other lesson right there. But that they, there was an outward act of an inward work that was going on. Christianity has always had that principle. Judaism has always had that principle, that when God is doing a work on the outside, there's an outward manifestation. But the Pharisees were keeping score And they weren't happy. They were betting that John would go away because, let's face it, he was a little bit of a rough character. And uh, they were hoping that Jesus would kind of go away too, but that wasn't working. So they were uptight about it. They were tense about it. And so when we don't want to be like them, we don't want to compare ourselves, other people's ministries, Uh, just on the outside, okay? I think that's a very negative thing to do. I think it's good to compare ourselves to our vision, our goals, uh, our work ethic, all those things. I think we need to measure ourselves against the Holy Spirit and what he's doing, not against other people. So it says in verse 3, he left Judah and went away again to Galilee. And I find this interesting. So Jesus' miracle ministry is going on, and uh, as a result of it, he's getting bigger crowds than John is. But when the Pharisees are like zeroing in on him, and he knows this, he withdraws to Galilee. Now, obviously, or theologically even, I think the first point that has to be made is Jesus knew his time wasn't yet, and he knew they were going to try to stop him. So I, I think that's the foundation. But, you know, he could have went to a lot of places, but he went to Galilee. He went to the very place where he had trouble performing miracles because they did not receive him well. So he withdrew himself. Now, did he withdraw himself just to get away from the Pharisees or did he withdraw himself to help John get more established? I don't think the scripture says that, but it doesn't say against it either. So it's, it's, there's a discussion there that is worth happening. Uh, 
I also like the point that it's made here that under Jesus' ministry, that he had a team, that he wasn't just doing the baptizing, but other people were doing the baptizing. So Jesus was multiplying himself, and that probably made the Pharisees really, really uh, nervous too. You know, the Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians 1.17, he did not come to baptize, but to preach the gospel. So we know that baptism is an addendum. It's part of preaching the gospel, but just preaching baptism is not the preaching of the gospel. So the scripture is very clear there. Now I want to take you to a story that Jesus told, a parable in Matthew 20, that also brings into bear how do we deal. So we see the Pharisees did not deal well with other people's success. Uh, We see that Jesus uh, and John somehow, even though they were in the same areas and they were preaching actually technically two different things, uh, one, a a baptism under repentance and then the baptism of repentance. Uh, So there was some action going on there that we need to consider. But we see the Pharisees uh, all worked up about it and, and keeping score. But in Matthew, the 20th chapter, in verse 9, it says, When those hired about the 11th hour came, each one received a denarius. So I think we are maybe you're familiar with this story. There were people out on the, you know, the the labor workforce. Uh, they were hanging out at the corner where you know people came to hire them. Uh, Jesus agreed to give them a certain wage, and of course he ended up giving them a wage. He paid them, but he paid them in a way that was a little bit different. So I want to read this story to you because the reaction is key here. When those that were hired first came, they thought they would receive more, but each of them received a denarius. When they received it, they grumbled at the landowner, saying, These last men have worked only one hour, and you have made them equal to us who have borne the burden and the scorching heat of the day. But he answered and said to them, Friend, I am doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for a denarius? Take what is yours and go, but I wish to give to this last man the same as you. Is it not lawful for me to do what I wish with what is my own? So when we talk about harvest, we talk about the Lord of the harvest. So number one, let's not make a possession of it. It's it's the Lord's, okay? If somebody else has fruit and it's good fruit, it's the Lord's fruit. If you have fruit and it's good fruit, it's the Lord's fruit. So the scenario is somebody worked one hour and got paid for a day's wage, and somebody worked eight hours and got paid for a day's wage, but nobody got cheated. That's the key here. Now notice in verse four, if you go up a little bit, and he said to those, you also go into the vineyard and whatever is right, I will give you. And they went. So if you're in the vineyard, if you're a servant of the Lord, you've got to be doing it because you know that God will take care of you. I always say this, if you're walking in the spirit, people cannot take advantage of you. It can feel like you're taking advantage of. It can have the symptoms of being taken advantage of. Some of them will even be thinking they're taking advantage of you. But if you're doing it as unto the Lord, you know that your reward is coming from God and your attitude can be like this. When you see people that have worked less and earned more, so to speak, you have two attitudes you can have. One attitude should be, I should get more or thank God, I know he'll give me what he promised. Thank God I'm in the same line, okay? Are you in the same line? Do you understand that you're in the same line? I don't know about you, but when I'm in traffic, I'm always looking to get into the shortest line. How about you? But then sometimes, you know, 
there's just those times where it's really not going to matter and it's just not worth the energy, you know. Uh, and you know what? So you say both these lines or all three of these lanes, whatever it is, they're all going to end up at the same place at the same at some time. So I'm going to get where I'm going. I just might get there a little bit slower. That's the kind of attitude here you got to have when you see other people getting blessed. You know, when you see some guy in a motorcycle weaving down the berm of the road, you know, you got to say, hallelujah, good for him. He's got his motorcycle. He's going to get there before I do. But I think this is something you've got to build into your spirit that when you see people being blessed, people that maybe you think maybe even shouldn't deserve to be blessed, maybe like you should deserve to be blessed. Can you genuinely rejoice with them and celebrate the fact that it's God that is blessing them and he has enough to go around? See, the good thing about trusting the Lord to take care of you is you know he's never going to run out. When you start feeling like you're going to be cheated, I'm going to tell you something. You're not trusting God because you feel like the supply is going to run out. I'm going to run out of time. They're going to run out of money. They're going to run out of food. They're going to run out of whatever they're running out of. But you know, when you're trusting God, say, well, you know what? The Lord can make that difference. I'm in the same line. What he promised me, he will do what is right. Learning to celebrate with people, not being a Pharisee, you know, keeping track of how many people are being baptized, not so you can celebrate them and, and go buy them a new devotional book or invite them to a celebration, but so that you know who to oppose or you know who to try to mimic. And, you know, in church life, we have a lot of mimicking going on. And the reason we do is because people aren't confident that God is going to bless them. So they're acting like other people that are getting blessed. Why not just act like God wants you to act, demonstrate the character God wants you to demonstrate, do the work that God wants you to do, and if you're out in the sun all day and God pays you the same amount he paid somebody else, your testimony would be, hallelujah, I've never been cheated by the Lord, he's always taken care of me, and it's a privilege to work for him. See, that's something you've got to lock in your spirit, because when those days come, you can truly rejoice and you can celebrate with somebody else, and I'll tell you, They'll pick up on that. They'll know. There'll be a fragrance about you that will be pleasing to the Lord. Hey, learn to rejoice with those who are prospering and being blessed. It's a lot better than wringing your hands and being full of envy. Don't be a Pharisee. Be a celebrator in Jesus' name. Today, Keith had a discussion about rejoicing with people. When you see people being blessed, can you genuinely rejoice with them and celebrate the fact that God is the one who is blessing them and He has enough to go around? The good thing about trusting the Lord to take care of you is that you know He will never run out. His supply of money, time, food, resources, whatever you need will never run out. Rejoicing with others is a fragrance that is pleasing to the Lord. Thanks for listening this week to another episode of Leadership in Context with Keith Tusi. Join us next week as Keith continues to put leadership truths in the context of the local church. As always, subscribe, like, rate, and share our podcast. For show notes or to ask Keith a question, email podcast at innerpastors.com. If you would like more information, you can check out our website, find us on Facebook, or follow us on Instagram at innerpastors. See you next week.